Broadcasting live to New York, Bloomberg 1130, to Washington, D.C., Bloomberg 991, to Boston, Bloomberg 1200, to San Francisco, Bloomberg 960, to the country, Sirius XM Channel 119, and around the globe, the Bloomberg Radio Plus app and Bloomberg.com. This is Bloomberg Markets. All right, Corey Johnson. Yeah. Act, active, active managers, active management, don't rule it out. What do you think? Stock picking, I'm all for it. I like to believe that people can be smarter than machines, hmm. said the tech reporter. Said the tech reporter, said the human. It's uh, interesting to have the markets with correlation falling apart. Maybe, maybe this is the time we're going to get into that a little bit with our own Peggy Collins. But first, let's get the latest in business news headlines from Charlie Pelton. Charlie. I thank you very much, Corey Johnson. Happy Friday, by the way. The Dow higher, S&P, NASDAQ both lower. We saw a tech sell-off today. That sell-off in technology shares spoiling an otherwise buoyant day in the stock market as companies from Apple to NVIDIA tumbled. NVIDIA down 6.5% today. Apple slumping 3.9%. Alphabet down 3.4%. Facebook was down 3.4%. Tony Dwyer is equity strategist at Canaccord Genuity. The idea about a month ago, everybody was talking about the FANG stocks, and you got to have two ways in there, Apple and Amazon. As the, they were just dictating the upside, but actually it's been a lot, been a lot more broad-based than that. So as of Monday, 44% of net of S&P 500 information technology stocks made a new 52-week high. Historically, that's only happened twice, that high a percentage. Sterling fell the most in eight months as the election intended to strengthen Prime Minister May's hand in negotiations with the European Union instead left her battling to survive. Today, S&P 500 index down two to 24.31, down one-tenth of one percent. The Nasdaq 100 had its worst week since December. The Nasdaq Composite index down today by 113 points, down 1.8%. Dow Industrials up 89 to a record 21,271, up four-tenths of 1%. Hudson's Bay, the Canadian retailer that owns Saks Fifth Avenue and Lord & Taylor, announced plans to eliminate 2,000 jobs after posting a wider loss last quarter. Hudson's Bay down 10.5%. Dillard's rallied after hedge fund manager David Einhorn disclosed that he increased his position to almost... 10% of the retailer's Class A shares. Dillard's again up by 10.1%. I'm Charlie Pellet, and that's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Thank you very much, Charlie. Bloomberg Markets is brought to you by Sector Spider ETFs. Why buy a single stock when you can invest in the entire sector? Visit SectorSPDRS.com or call 866-SECTOR-ETF. Yes, she is back with us. Peggy Collins, our Bloomberg News investing team leader, and she's here to talk about uh, a debate that I feel like has been going on for a couple of years now, and that is active versus passive management. Uh, and some active ma- many managers are saying, don't count them out yet. So we want to find out exactly what she's hearing. Um, so what are you hearing? It's interesting this week, Carol. So I talked to some CEOs of um, asset managers, some who are more on the hedge fund long short equity side, others who are at State Street, which runs the biggest ETF passive in, in the world right now, and another who's in the middle. Um, and essentially what I took away from it is that we're possibly at a turning point now where people accept the rise of passive, don't think it's going to end up ever being what is the entire financial universe, right? That people will continue to have a mix of active and passive. But what seems to be changing is that active managers are now accepting this 
mantra of a blend. So what I mean by that is that they're saying, okay, people really want low fee products that they th- they can understand and they think are going to do well if they follow you know if the indexes go up but one of the things that i notice is that they're starting to adopt strategies that blend both so for example creating an index that may have an overlay on top of it that's active or recognizing that these things called smart beta etfs or factor investing may be a way of the future for them to show that they're adding value but also present some type of a passive strategy wait, to wait, investors wait. overlaying Active management over an index? Exactly. Kind of? Exactly. What the heck is that, Corey? No, I, I, this is a thing. It's a, it's a, it's a way that people are actually using some of these ETF products and so on to just kind of try to take a little bit of the volatility out of what they're doing or, huh. uh, or have an alternative strategy that they're not really good at. I, I know some short sellers who have got a, a, a product that's meant to, cause they're good at being better than the market is or finding bad companies that might be down. If the market's up 10%, they might consistently be down uh, their investors might be down, uh, you know, four percent, but that's still losing money. So they're using options or they're using uh, ETF st- uh, products that kind of roll over time. They're kind of complicated, but they keep them sort of long exposure, but not with any specific names. So their stock picking actually has better uh, exposure to the market. Exactly, Corey. And one of the people we talked to this week was named Joel Greenblatt, mm-hmm. who runs Gotham Asset Management and wrote the best book on investing ever, I believe. I think the title is some. The little blue book that beats the market. Yes, and um, and uh, he he said it's a it's a big secret, you know. In some ways, he made a joke about uh, about that, but uh, he basically said that they've created an index. So he's he's been an active manager for more than thirty five years, right. primarily in long short equity strategies. But they created an index a couple of years ago that is an index with long short strategies over uh, like as an overlay. So he still really believes that humans at the end of the day are going to be needed to do the valuation work on stocks and different companies, but that there are there are passive strategies that investors want and also that can add value. So combining the two may be a way of expanding your client base and also delivering what people want. Where do mathematical models fit into this? Is that considered still human involvement or is that just kind of machine-based? This is one of the most fascinating things going on right now, I think, in financial services across the board, is we've also come to this point where people realize that computers are able to do so much more. People will call it artificial intelligence or machine learning or right. deep learning or quant. But but really, everyone's trying to figure out, okay, how do we use computers to make ourselves more efficient and to be better at spotting risks or managing a client's risk portfolio or just gathering all this big data and filtering it down in a way that we may be able to gain an edge. One of the things that I think is also driving it is that if you're going to charge four basis points, for an ETF, mm-hmm. you have to make up the cost somewhere else. So if you're going to continue to try and have active funds, which tend to charge more fees, right. you basically need to make up for it somewhere. And so if you can leverage the power of computers in some ways to cut down some of your costs, maybe it is by having fewer employees or maybe it's diverting them to something that in the future will be more efficient for you. It's making up some of that 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 value there. What happens, Corey, when we're just all trading on the same algorithm? Then there is no market, right? We're all no, because just- then someone else comes up with the other algorithm and everyone uh, suffers <laughs> together and one guy's left standing. It'll, it'll, it'll happen before it'll happen again. And there are some active managers who say the the money going into passive actually gives them some opportunities because if everyone's going one way, they can more easily spot some opportunities the other. Right. Right. Exactly. Um, 
wild, wild west sometimes it feels like. It is, but I do think active managers have realized that they're going to have to do something, whether it's leverage computers or yeah. come up with blended strategies, because the money is in the hundreds of billions that's flowing to places like Vanguard. Yeah, and fast it's happening. Peggy Collins, thank you, thank you. Peggy Collins, she's our investing team leader here at Bloomberg News, joining us in our Bloomberg 1130 studio on this Friday. Quick reminder of our closing numbers on Wall Street. Dow up 89 points, the S&P off two, and the NASDAQ a decline of 113. This is Bloomberg. Through the Nathan Hager right now with some world and national news headlines for 99.1 Studios in Washington, D.C. Corey, President Trump says he feels vindicated. No collusion, no obstruction. He's a leaker. A day after fired FBI Director James Comey's testimony on Capitol Hill, the president says he never asked Comey to let the Michael Flynn investigation go, never asked for Comey's loyalty, said he'd be willing to say as much under oath. Comey says he took memos of his conversations with the president that say otherwise. The House Intelligence Committee is demanding that White House counsel Don McGahn turn over copies of those memos along with any tapes the president may have. The president has said he'll have more to say about those tapes in a short period of time. Now, earlier, the president wrapped up a week focused on infrastructure with a stop at the Department of Transportation. Bloomberg's Irv Chapman has more on that. The president cited his own business experience as he promised to speed up the procedures to get permits and approvals to build. It is a long, slow, unnecessarily burdensome process. Many, many projects are long gone because they couldn't get permits and there was no reason for it. The president said he will set up a new council to help managers of infrastructure projects, many of them to be private companies and investors under his proposal, to navigate the requirements and environmental reviews. Irv Chapman, Bloomberg Radio, Washington. The International Olympic Committee announced 15 new events for the 2020 Summer Games in Tokyo today, including three-on-three basketball and mixed-gender relays in swimming, track, and triathlon. Global News, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries, this is Bloomberg.